Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 81, Toy Story 4 from 2019. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we have no guests tonight. We are doing this again in person, trying to keep our Between Two Ferns... Oh, I just realized, didn't watch the Between Two Ferns mm. full video yet. It's out there, though. If you're listening to All this... Right. The full interview, right? Did you watch it? Yes, I did. Is yep. it great? It's pretty great. It's on YouTube. It's either it's on, on the it's on the Netflix, I think. Netflix is a joke page. Yeah, I think. it's on YouTube. It's on because basically for about once a week since the Between Two Ferns movie dropped on Netflix, they've been putting out a full, complete interview, right? Yeah. So they have Brie Larson out. They have Paul Rudd out. Mm-hmm. They have Keanu out. Mm-hmm. I think there's maybe one or two Cumberbatch. So I think you know that's it's exciting. It's it's yeah. it's cool that they're doing. I guess you know what I kind of wanted more of, right? Mm-hmm. Like I either wanted one yeah. or the other, and they sort of threaded the needle. Right? Especially the Keanu one, since it's early and super brief, and the interview's on the longer side, too, out of all of them, and, and I thought it was really great, and uh, a lot of awkward moments they could have chosen to, to add, but yeah, it's it's a good one. you got to check it out. Well, we are back here with what could be possibly our final Keanu Club of 2019. I don't know Ooh, what else would come out, yeah, right? Yeah, I don't know. Because in um, production right now, we've got Bill and Ted Face the Music next year. Yeah, next August. We've got coming out the video game next year, Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh, we got to check that out. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we're going to do that. Well, we've got to play it for a little while and then, you know, do a mini episode or something. The year after, we've got John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. The year that's after 2021. that. 2021. Yes, the year after that, 2022, we got the Matrix 4. Oh, geez, that's right. Some, oh, boy. We also have Rain, the Starling, Rally Car, and Past Midnight, which are on his IMDb. I wonder if there's Rally others. Rally Car? Remember that? Talking about that a long time ago. I was about to search IMDb for um, Keanu Club. I don't think that that would have come no up with sequel anything. sequel to Replicas on the horizon? Not as far as I can tell. Let's see if there's anything new here. No, and so, okay. no, that's oh, it. Well. Yes. So okay. I think this is our final Keanu Club of the year. But this is also, we have done this year. We did Replicas in, in early this year, right, I think. John Wick, Always Be My Maybe. Between Two Ferns and Toy Story. Yeah, pretty big year for Keanu. You know, it's like uh, cage. He's putting up cage numbers. He's putting up cage numbers. No longer rookie numbers. He's no. now, you know, he's not Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> numbers. He's now Matthew McConaughey numbers. That's a joke. That's not fit for a Toy Story Four <laughs> podcast. So we are going to cover this, I think, more in depth when we get to it on our Tom Hanks podcast, right. Hanks for the Memories. Yes. Because this movie is basically a movie about Woody. Yeah, it's a Hanks film. It's not a Keanu film. He's in it. He's in a good portion of it and he's Duke pivotal. kaboom exactly yeah canadian's number one stuntman yes we canada i love it he's like modeled after uh, evil knievel but uh yeah so you know it will yeah just kind of cover the keanu stuff basically, yeah so if you have not seen toy story 4 yet go do that it's out on blu-ray we, we waited for blu-ray we waited for vod all that fun stuff it is it's great pretty, it's, it's a great, great great movie yeah i think so it's great might be my I don't know. I mean, it's very high up there. I think two than this one. I'm excited to see them, and I'm going to do the plot summary shortly, but I'm excited to see them, like, even more. Like, I was already excited, because on as we record this right now, we have just entered the height of the Hanks of the Memories, like, where it's yes. actually good Tom Hanks movies. Right. Like, he had good stuff early on, yeah. but it was a lot of darkness for about 10 years. It's going to get consistent. We did A League of Their Own. We are about to record tomorrow night as we're recording this Sleepless in Seattle. So we are in the stretch upwards, which includes like over this next 10 or 12 years, we're just like nothing but good movies, two great Toy Story movies. And I'm just excited that over the next, say, 
eight months, we're going to see the, the, the first three. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like it's going it's to refresh all of my memories about all of these things. But Toy Story 4, which I, I can imagine that they might have more Toy Story movies, but I don't know. It feels like if they do, it's either going to be a Woody movie or an everybody else movie because it feels like yeah. or like I, a Woody and Bo Peep movie versus the actual yeah. the rest of the toys. I, I think this, to be honest, and you think uh, this is it? I think this is it for Hanks. I think he was like, I'm, I got to go, guys. Like, this is enough for me. And, you know, maybe we'll see him in a flashback or something, but I think this is now Buzz is, you know, leading the charge and we'll get a new famous toy. I mean, uh, Forky's great. And, you know, and I love the direction <laughs> they take with this movie. It's so bizarre, but it works so well. But yeah, no, I think, I think Hanks is off. I think he's done. We'll find out. I mean, he's yeah, got, I mean, we'll you know, find out. I know. I, it feels like, and I don't know, and we haven't really looked into this for, for Hanks's things, but it just feels like, A, it's not as much work probably as other things. Not that saying that voice work is not work, but I mean, you go in there, you give it your all, you do a great job, yeah. but it's not, I feel like it's a more compact timeline because a lot of the work that you would be doing otherwise are being done by animators, right? So you go in there, it seems like they have a good time. The yeah. movies are really good. Like it's, it's, I think it's probably got to be energizing to want to make a good movie. I also do think that this kind of, like, I feel like three kind of was like, like, oh, this is a perfect ending. It's like, well, why are they doing a fourth? Oh, because this is also kind of a perfect ending. I like it more. I think it's a better ending because it's like more original in a lot of ways. Like it's not the conventional ending at all. Like they really took this in its own direction and it's like very character based and not as story based, I feel. Like the story sort of wraps up and then there's like more movie going on and then it resolves all the character moments it needs to. It's I think also that's so really short. smart. It's yeah, it's, short. it's a shorter one, too. It's, it's 92 minutes plus like eight or nine of credits that has a couple scenes in there. But I'm just like, wow, this this ends quickly. Yeah, no, it's brisk. It's nice. So here's what the movie's about. So in the third movie, at the end of the third movie, Andy, who is the owner of all the toys, gives all of his toys to Bonnie, this adorable little girl. And so the movie starts with a rescue mission of RC. It's the night that Bo Peep left the home. Yes. We're in a pl- I forgot we're in a plot summary, not like in the discussion right now. But it's just interesting how he's trying to save a toy from being lost in the opening scene. And at the end of the movie, he decides to get lost, like on his own. So I thought that was... I just pictured... I found that... that that's my third viewing. So things mm. started really coming into place uh, and I'm gonna I'm going to explain the downsides of my first viewing when we get to that in a second but the movie starts off with Bo Peep leaving because they donate the lamp to an antique store or to whatever they rescue RC and then you know he comes back and then nine years later nine years go by Woody is kind of a forgotten toy and he is no longer you know it's Bonnie's favorite because right. he was Andy's favorite and then we got Buzz and it was sort of the two of them and that's yeah. what the first movie's about but this is he's no longer Bonnie's favorite Yeah, and it's just you know has as things grow up and it makes you think I mean, I know that this works on a lot of levels for a lot of different people, but it makes you think of like, oh yeah, I've given things up and I wonder if they had emotions. Like, you know, they, just, they have to know on one hand, you grow up and you change your, whether it's friends or whether it's toys or whether it's whatever, it's just like different things, different seasons, seasons change, people change. Exactly. And so Woody sees that Bonnie has her first kindergarten orientation. So he goes to school to be there with her. She makes Forky as voiced by Tony Hale. Yes, he's And great. he is amazing. And he thinks he's trash and Woody has to convince him that he is, no, he's a toy. And then they go on a road trip to just, I guess, spend the last week of summer or whatever away as a family. Yeah. And then Woody finds, he sees Bo Peep, because Forky keeps wanting to disappear and go into the trash. He chases after Forky, sees Bo Peep's 
lamp in the window, knows that she's around, and then there's this whole mission of basically kind of bringing Bonnie and Forky back together, because yes. it's it's a very, very simple plot, I think, that she loses Forky, she loves Forky, she wants Forky back, but there's the deeper thing of like, hey, Woody knows that he has no purpose in her life anymore, and he just wants to make sure she's happy with Forky. And so he eventually gets her back, they give the doll, the Gabby Gabby, to another girl at the carnival, and all the while this is helped by Keanu Reeves yes. voicing Duke Kaboom, Canada's number one stuntman. Yes, you're <laughs> the number one gift for Boxing Day. Yes, I my, my favorite Boxing Day of all time. And that's kind of it. And then at the very end of the yeah. movie, Woody decides to not go with Bonnie and the family, and he yeah. stays with Bo Peep, and he stays with Duke Kaboom, and he stays with, you know, Rabbit and Ducky, and Jim they just... Peel. <laughs> yeah, they just hang out at the carnival, and they just, you know, travel around as the carnival moves around, and, you know, they're just living their own sort of free lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's it. Basically, there's a lot. I mean, it takes so many twists and turns, like when they get to the store with Gabby Gabby and all that. And then, yeah, all the existential stuff with Forky, like his crisis is with purpose, matching yeah. Woody's yeah. and yeah. everything. And oh, it's just great. It's And Bo Peep being like uh, like on her own so much with like that skunk mobile. There's just so much crammed into this one. My friend, oh, I got to find the uh, the review that my friend left. I will look that up as I, as I talk about this. But I have two sort of existential questions for you about the toys, oh, uh-huh. which I feel like is on the one hand reading too far into the movie, but on the other mm-hmm. hand is also like these movies are so well thought out that it kind of is like, well, you, I think you yeah, should be thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think a lot of these writers took a lot of philosophy and, you sure. know, and, and majored in a lot of that kind of stuff. So here's my number one, my first question. Okay. So Woody sees a little boy in school kind of being mean, like, sort of excluding Bonnie, right? Yeah. And he throws sort of some school supplies away. He tosses the crayons and stuff out of the trash. Bonnie makes Forky. Yeah. Forky is not a toy until he puts the eyes, or she puts the eyes and the pipe cleaner and the glues, the sticks, right? So like, Well, I feel like until she writes her name on his feet. Okay, so then she's okay. So that's even further. Okay. Yeah, it's even, and he's not originally a toy. He's a pencil holder. The teacher's like, we're gonna make pencil holders. Oh yes, 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 and yes, he, yes. That's so she makes Forky, but like if you look in his hands at first, he's holding two pens. Like at school. So okay. Sorry to. The, so no, no, no. That's but. fine. So that's it, it. Even further, the the pencil thing is a separate thing. But you, but your clarification furthers my point. Okay. So it's he's not even he's not a toy. He's not sentient or whatever ostensibly. Right. Until she writes Bon on one and me on the other. Right. That's what I think. Yeah. Why does he think he's trash if he's not a toy until then? Like, is he a toy? Like, is a spork a toy without a face? Because he's got this whole existential crisis yes. of like he thinks he's trash because he was found in the trash. Yeah, he's but made he wasn't. Of trash. But he wasn't a thing until he was at, like, he was never forced in the trash. He wasn't born in the trash. He was right. born of trash. But even before that, he was born supplies. of the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> he watches over us. Yeah, no, that's a very good question there. See, the way I saw it was, like, because the last thing he was before he became alive was garbage, that's what he thinks he is, right? And then he. So is, he remembers that, though. I guess so. So when do memories... This is also getting into, like, the when does life begin. But, well, like, like that's, when does toy life begin? Well, like that's, like, so... Well, that's what's so messed up about Forky and different about the toys. I feel like the toys are, like, alive once they're built and yeah. they're looking for ownership or something, right? They're looking for kids. Like that's all, the, I mean, that's everybody. That's that's Duke's thing. That's Gabby yeah, Gabby's thing. Yeah, like they want yeah. their owner. So this is the first time that like something's been created and it's like... It's a real Frank... It's literal and figurative Frankenstein. Yeah, and... But Frankenstein's I, monster, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. It's okay. I think his name was George. Anyway. Um, no, but like what's cool, I think, about it 
what I what I thought about the first time more or less was just like oh like anything can be a toy to a child right sure, like yeah, I think yeah. that's the main point they're trying to get at and then I think like that's for the kids and then what they're doing in this Toy Story is like screwing with the parents heads so like to a kid it's kind of weird and cute and all this but the, the parents sitting there going like what the hell is happening like why is it alive all these things like it's memories it's it's purpose like it kind of threw me for like a giant loop the first time I watched it to be honest because I feel like what the Toy Story movies do so effectively is expand the world that you kind of always hope for or thought might happen when you walk away. Like you have, yeah. you have G.I. Joe's, you have whatever you're like, I wonder what they do when I'm not here. And yeah. like, it's the kind of like the same, like, and it just brings that to life, right? Yeah. Then we go to the toy this, store in part two. We go to kindergarten in part this three. So suddenly it's just like, well, what if all your shit did that? It's like, <laughs> I can't throw the, anything away now. That's, like, you can't get rid of this coffee cup because like, that could be a toy. That's the you thing. put a couple googly eyes on there and it's a toy. Well, it's cuppy. Like, do you even need to? What if Bonnie just took a marker and put like two eyes and a mouth on something and wrote her name on the bottom of it like anything is it like ghost rider like anything he drives becomes a hellmobile like is it like anything she writes her name on or any child in this universe that's like what they consider a toy or are playing with at that time and go away is it then a toy forever and alive like it is messed up man it's crazy. So that's number one. So I still, I don't know if we still have answers. No, but, like, but that's like, we... it's like, you know, there's no answer. Like, it's the art of the discussion about, that's, that's right? That's the forky problem. <laughs> yeah. There's probably got to be classes about this in the future. Oh, for sure. <laughs> if there's not already. And my other question to you is, in this movie, Gabby Gabby is a doll and she wants to have an uh, have a kid have an owner, and she's missing the voice she box. She needs a voice box, yeah. And apparently she and Woody use the same voice box. Yeah. Which, again, sort of strains credulity because well, don't they have the computer chip like in there with the voices? No, or well, they're just... like super old toys, right? Like Woody's like from the 50s, Woody's Roundup, right? We find that out in part two that he's like a collector's item, and Gabby Gabby is definitely like from that era. You see her box and her instruction yes. manual and stuff, and um, she's hanging out in an antique store. She's totally an antique. And so I think it's just like, you know, luck on one hand, but also the idea that he's so old that they're compatible, right? Like, they're yeah. he's a donor, right? He's a compatible donor for her, so... Yeah. So that's not my question. So I, I don't have an issue with that. Okay, because like, I still no have, here. like, I have, like, a talking Pee Wee Herman doll with the string, and, like, its record is screwed up, so when you pull it, it talks really fast. Okay, so my question to you, and this is also something that I feel like is also true of Buzz Lightyear, kind of, when... You push Buzz's button when yeah. you pull Woody's string and it makes a noise. Is that a noise that the toy is sentient aware of making? Or is that like an automatic response to... You know what I mean? Because well, like, like, could do you think... So like, I wondered that too. Like, could Woody say there's a snake in my boot without pulling his string? Or is it he like, can, is that a rule he's confined to by the way he's created, right? Like there's certain things you say when you pull the string, you know? Yes. So like, can he only say that if he pulls the string? Is it well, like, like part we, of his we get the, like, we get the inverse of that, this one, because like as Buzz is pushing himself to like yeah, inspire himself yeah, as he's getting voice. put away, he well, says... Well, it becomes his inner voice. Yes. So but you hear him say, and this is him saying, it's not him in the button, it's him saying, Bonnie left her backpack at the to- in the antique store. And she's yes. like, oh, my backpack. So like it's the opposite of that. I don't know though. Like does, can he... Because it's, it's almost well, like... They really bend the rules with the toys in this one because later the dinosaur is the GPS yeah, voice. Yeah, Chris and Shaw, yeah. the father can hear it, right? The well, I think that's the... I, I don't know if that bends the rules or just, like, they almost just give themselves away. Because they're out of sight, so that's the only time they can't really 
function, like as long as they're not being, you know, they're like uh, in Doctor Who, those uh, weeping angels. Yes. Like as long as you're not looking the at The one them, Doctor Who thing I know. I know. So I saw I one episode. It. Thank you so much. <laughs> but they're very much like that. Like as, you know, as long as you, if you look at them, they're dead. If you look away, they're alive. You know, there's some kind of like quantum problem going on gotcha. there as well. Okay. Because um, I was wondering because yeah. it just, it feels like it's sort of two separate parts of the brain, right? Like it's almost like you're on autopilot yeah. at some point, but then you're sentient. And it's clear that they can sort of kind of go back and forth like Gabby Gabby pull, like you can pull your own string, which is kind of weird. Yeah. It is kind of weird. Right? But, but also, if you think back to the very first movie when Woody is scaring the neighbor, I think it is, but like he's coming out of the ground like zombie Woody and he says, reach for the sky and the kid hears him and sees all the toys moving and stuff. So like they can give themselves away if they want to, I guess. That's a, that's a future Toy Story, I guess. Is like I think Transformers is like Transformers <laughs> is Toy Story where the people know that they're, they exist. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, where it should be more like Toy Story, where they're hiding from the yeah, humans. but it's like just like, the, oh, no, there's just a toy, like, the toaster's a robot now. Like, I think Bumblebee's good because it's very much like Toy Story, right? Like, only one or two humans really know about yeah. the Transformers, and what, and they really are hiding it and stuff. And But, yeah, no, I also wondered about, like, in Toy Story, like, who can hear, like, did Bonnie hear Buzz say... Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's... so so then there's a double part question there. We've not even mentioned Keanu in like 10 minutes. <laughs> but it's a two part question there. Number 1, does the mom hear Buzz say that? Hmm. Or do you need the childlike innocence think, to hear it? I think yeah. Okay. I think probably yes, but then if if the answer is that is yes, does she then write it off just because she's heard that Buzz light your toy so many times in her imagination is sort of, you know... Yeah, because dampened. you know what? Because there's the moment when the mom picks up Buzz and she turns him off and he keeps saying yeah. stuff and she's like it won't turn off it won't right. turn off so yeah the mom they, yeah she can hear it all right but again i wonder if these are things where like the pixar writers are like you know let's drive let's drive the older people like a little crazy with this one and like have them sit around discussing toy story 4 for like an hour and a half. because like i i really do think that the writers of these movies know the answers to these questions i think that they firmly well, you have, have to rules have established. A, you, yeah yes. you have to decide on an answer whether you're like this is something you've been talking about with brian on his on the high school slumber parties and the you know the women in horror like the, all the movies oh, yeah. it's just in terms of the like a movie can be not the toy story is this but a movie can be dumb as long as its internal logic is consistent like it can be good and dumb Right. As long as it has rules and it follows yeah, those rules. Yeah, that's what makes certain bad movies or poorly constructed films good is that they have that to it. That's the one thing they're not lacking. I guess. So what is your uh, profound question about, or maybe not profound question, I don't want to build it up too much, but your question about Duke. Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't, it's not on this level at all or anything. It was, I was going to mention it more when we started talking to it, but I'll oh, just... Oh, let's, let's transition yeah, so, to the Duke. Yeah, so, um, like, there's one shot of it, but they have to carry around his launch pad at yes. one point and like hoisted around and stuff and I was just like man he's gotta like bring that everywhere at one point he doesn't need it like he takes off without it and uses he uses the, gravity I mean gravity he's essentially stuff, Buzz but... from the first movie right well oh, there's yeah. actually there's a trivia a thing about like how he's a parallel to Buzz but like he's like I'm not flying I'm falling with style like this is basically him just like I'm oh, crashing with style right okay. like, he's the yeah. same kind of failed not as cool as he thought he was right so. yeah good call okay yeah no I mean that was my that was the least of my uh, like observations about it but I, I guess it's good to get that out of the way do you think he and Bo Peep smashed because uh, um, it definitely you know, feels like I don't want to profile, but he's got that mustache that looks a little village people-ish to me, and he's oh. doing the moves. And, and at one point, it crossed my mind like gay toy would be kind of interesting. That's an avenue. It would be. So my friend Matt, who did the design, the, the podcast art for Magic Mike's for Too Fast, Too Forever, uh, loves this movie. He he brought us at least his one daughter. I don't know if he brought both his daughters to the movie, but he said Bo as divorced bad 
badass, you're not cool enough to date. And I feel like <laughs> that was his review on Letterboxd. And I feel like, to a certain extent, relationship or not, Woody and Pete, Bo Peep were together. Yes. Bo, yes. Bo, 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 They were together. And then she gets sent away. And she's like, I'm a new woman now. My arm broke off, but I'm cool. She's kind of Furiosa a little bit. It feels like to me that there's a possibility that if Duke is not a gay toy, whether they were in a relationship or she was, he was just like a rebound thing, because yeah. he knows a lot about her. Yeah, and no, he has like close. nicknames for her. Yeah, and it's just, and he knows the names of her sheep. And either like he's right. just a great friend, or like they were together and now they're just cool. What I love, like the visual thing, this movie also, by the way, looks gorgeous. gorgeous. Like it is stunning. They're, they're running some new program for this film, I think as far as like the lighting and there's stuff even, I read something around when they're running around the antique store on top of the cabinets and there's just like dust bunnies I was like you're showing off like that doesn't, oh, that no. doesn't need to be there like the whole carnival lights and then there's one moment where they just stop and look up at all the chandeliers and stuff and it's like you're just <laughs> come on we get it <laughs> but what I love is a visual gag is like I think you sometimes lose perspective of perspective in this movie because okay. I feel like yeah, the toys the are all like toys, Woody yeah. and Buzz are about the same size and a lot of those toys and Jesse's because Jesse is in the mm-hmm. same like she's the same but like Duke is like half of Woody's he's size he's small and like so there's Woody, so say thing. Woody's like six feet tall like just in, including like you know to yeah. a, an average human right Bo Peep's like 5'8 yeah. Duke is like four foot nothing like yeah, he is a something. little yeah, man a... I just love this like weird triangle <laughs> like this kind of love triangle maybe not love triangle when the three of them meet and he's just sta- like he rides up on his motorcycle mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there next to Woody and like Woody is completely out of his element here yeah but he is still like he's twice the size but he like he feels tiny and like it's just it's great yeah that's pretty fu- I mean that's pretty funny and you know at one point his confidence sort of matches his size you know it's just heartbreaking to hear how he wound up in that antique store you know we don't hear we don't get the whole story but just his backstory is so heartbreaking Rijon. how he was a boxing day gift for this little boy Rajon and he just couldn't perform the way that it showed him in the commercial and he didn't understand it was a commercial <laughs> I remember when I was little and I had I finally saved with enough money to buy the uh, Power Rangers Megazord, which is like forty okay. or sixty dollars. Okay. And I remember on the show because like the sword is like ele- has like electricity or something like that. And I was and, like in my like five or six year old head, I was like, oh, we don't need a microwave anymore. I got I got it. <laughs> and then I got it home. And I was just like, oh, it's just it's plastic. But like my head, I was I was so yeah. disappointed. Like I love the toy, but I was just like, oh, of course it's going to be the same thing on the TV. Like why would it not be? And what I love about the commercial you see because as Rijon is playing with Duke, the commercials behind him and on the in the commercial you. You see the string on Duke, like you see him oh, launch, nice. and you see the okay. string. <laughs> but it's the same that. thing. Like I remember, still, vi- I think they still probably happen. I just don't watch the channels with those in them. But you, you see, like the kid, like moving the action figure around. Like they're yeah, doing yeah, the things. Yeah, like yeah. you see hands, mm-hmm. and I think that there is also the kid brain and everybody who's just like. Oh, that's not there. Like the the toy is actually doing. Yeah, I think the major the, the the last time I feel like I got screwed by a commercial as a <laughs> kid was that game Guess Who. You remember oh, the game with all the faces course, and saying on the commercial they talked. So getting the toy, I didn't expect their mouths to move, but I thought there were chips and all. I thought oh, they were man. all gonna say my, something when you touched them or flipped them over. Like you flip it over and be like, not me. Or my nothing. friend and I got, played so much Guess Who, and by the end of us playing, like he had basically memorized where like a lot of people were. Oh, cool. And he, he, he would know. No, it's cool, but it's also not cool because, like, you put your own person down so you don't, like, guess your own person or whatever. Oh, and he would know exactly. So he'd be like, oh, that's Maria. Fuck. Okay. Can't play with him. All right, we're going to redo it. But then we have to be like, we have, like, weird kind of. I don't remember the exact, but, like, you know, there's, like, the big nose and this little nose. Like, just there's. Yeah, glasses. Yes. Yeah. Facial hair. Another point in the possible Duke uh, Bo Peep 
camp, as in they were in a relationship. Okay. His quote, look who jumped 40 school buses and landed back in my life. Oh, That's the okay. first thing he says when she shows up. That's adorable. And again, that might just be like, a, oh, hey, girlfriend, but it also might be like, oh, look who comes so around. I wonder how far she's been out and about, like, because they just decide to go traveling with the carnival. This is her first time, right? Like, she just gets that idea this movie is I'm going to go with the, where the carnival goes at the end, yes. you know? So do you think she's just been sort of like driving around parks in like the general area and that kind of thing or like and how, I wondered how long ago how long she's been out on her own for, I forget I think she might say it but well she went away nine years so I think she was in the she was in the shop for I think a couple years it feels like a while like maybe say half half and half right but like it's okay. she's been on her own for a while yeah yeah, she found that Polly Pocket thing. All right, yeah, I was just curious. I wish we... Had, see, that's the thing. Like, if we did another one from... Like, you could go back and fill in... If they followed Woody and Bo Peep, which I don't think they do, which would... But if they did, like, you could go back and fill in so much of, like, her backstory sure. and, like, maybe her and Keanu went on an adventure and, and everything like that. But I still don't think that Hanks is coming back. <laughs> Sorry. I wish he would, but I don't think he is. It's the type of franchise where, like, I don't want another one, but if they announce yeah. another one, it'd be like, so it's going to be good. Here's my big idea for the next one, and it's not, like, plot or anything like that, but since stuff is so photorealistic in this one, like the cat, right? The fucking cat the in cat, this. There's things in this that I'm just like, this looks, it looks Okay, real. so here's what they got to do with the next one. Make it a live-action fucking movie already and just animate the toys, like, because they look... It's it's at the point where it matches. You know what I'm saying? They're, why are you animating a dresser and this whole store and stuff when you could just go nowadays and have like people interacting with Woody? Like I think they should go full tilt and have like a real kid in the next movie touching the toys and all Maybe. that kind of thing. I think they got to do it, man. And they got to use like build the toy and use that, you know, I don't know. I think they got to step it up a notch and do something really drastic. <sighs> That's what I was thinking this whole time, man, because everything is so fucking real looking. And then you see the people and they look like Disney people, you know, and it's just kind of like, ooh, man, like it's it's OK. But I think they they look like that on purpose, right? No, because, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, could you imagine if this went Happy Feet? Like at, at the remember Happy Feet at the very end of Happy, Happy Feet? You haven't, haven't seen Happy Feet? Feet so like, no, I'm, Eli- sur- I'm Team Surf's Up. I'm Team Surf's Up as well. But I saw Happy Feet because Elijah Wood, the penguin. And at the end, he comes like out of the Antarctica and like there's real humans. And, huh. and it's kind of like Wally, where there's like the commercial with the real yeah, yeah. guy. So I'm, you know, maybe do that. Because what's weird about not weird, but I guess what's exciting in a way and nice to see as it changes is that like I feel like Toy Story has always kind of been the hallmark of like what great animation looks like. Because like in '95, when the first one came out, nothing looked like it, and then Toy Story two looks so much better than Toy Story three looks so much better than this one looks like. It's the it's, it's insane. the prettiest movie that I've it's ever insane. seen. It's insane. It's crazy. I also you know I watch this on 4K and it's just, it just it's mind blowing how good this looks. Some other Duke Kaboom lines that I wrote down. Who's the Canuck with all the luck? Kaboom! Can you do the jump? Yes. I Canada and then he says at one point let's kaboom like let's go let's oh kaboom. that's great I want to try and remember that one let's kaboom and even in the credits I don't know if you remember this I'm sure you do oh yes uh-huh uh-huh it's the last line of the movie right oh maybe it is the last line of the is movie. it when he asks if they could really shoot you really laser? have laser eyes and ducky and birdie say yeah and he says whoa yeah Amazing. <laughs> it's the last line of and the And then movie. he gets to, he gets to replace Luxo Jr. in the Pixar thing at the very, very end. So here are some trivia bits about Duke Kaboom. There's a lot of great trivia that I didn't read. I sort of want to save for okay. Hanks. All right. But uh, he was in Jack-Jack's crib in The Incredibles 2. So apparently, you know, it's, it's, it's apparent that he's based on Evil Knievel. Like yeah. He's the Canadian version of Evil and, Knievel. And, like, the toy. My, yes. my oldest brother. So that's the thing. So apparently had Evil Knievel had a toy that was also anticlimactic, like, just didn't do yeah, what it was supposed no, to do. No, and I remember at one point, like, because the one my brother had, um, it had, like, real clothes. Like, you know, because they were all, like, the Migo. Mars and the Real Girl? No, no, but, like, 
fabric. It okay, wasn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. built onto him yes. and stuff. And I remember at one point, it, like he lost like all the clothes, you know, how toys get. So of it was course. just like a nude, I think, Evil Knievel, like on the bike Love for a it. while. So when they were casting Duke Kaboom, they just had a bunch of Canadian actors. They did like a blind voice test. Oh, okay. Well, so who else just, do you get? Like, I don't know. They, didn't, they don't list names, oh, okay. but they did a bunch of names. And then when they got to Keanu, they're like, that's it. And I don't yeah. know if they knew it was Keanu. I mean, you might have known it was Keanu, but like, it's also, but also, I don't know. Cause I feel like I talked to people they're like, oh, I didn't even know it was Keanu. It's like, well, maybe I'm just in tune. But like, I think if you know Keanu's voice, you're going to pick it up. But if you don't, it's not his normal cadence. He's very much like macho and all for it. And then at the drop of a dime, he's like, oh, so melodramatic. And he's like really overacting. Like this is, you know, people say Keanu like either can act or overacts or whatever. And I was like, no, this is proof that this like he knows proof that he can overact levels. in a good way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Duke was originally envisioned as a gag character. But then he showed up to the set or to like the inner the meeting or whatever with questions. He's like, is he mad at the TV commercial that popularized him? And he just had all these ideas. <laughs> and then like when they were having lunch in the atrium in the Pixar studio or whatever, he like jumped up on the table and started posing. He's like, I think I think he does this. I think he wow. goes. Hua, hua, hua. And so they're just like, oh, this is gonna be good. like this is gonna be like a real character. Now. Oh, great! They fleshed him out. The voice on the TV commercial, the Duke of Boom uh-huh. voice, is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. When Duke does his triumphant jump at the end in front of the moon, obviously it's for E.T. kind of. It's like okay. him, you know, on a yeah. bike in front of the moon. But it's also a homage to what something that Mater does in the first, I think, the Larry the Cable Guy car, oh. in the first Cars. Okay. I was thinking, and this isn't probably the reference, although it might be because directors from The Simpsons did end up at Pixar. And you did mention, the, you know, like, Brad Bird and that and those. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Bart jumping Springfield Gorge. Okay. Did you remember that episode? And like he gets halfway and it just and Homer gets halfway and just falls down though. So I thought Duke Kaboom was sort of like a little bit of that essence where he was like this failed stunt guy. Kind I think of thing. it's the same little bit of heart in all of them, right? It's the... yeah, yeah. And and I love how he he knocks his head on the bulb. <laughs> That was pretty great. So when he does the jump, he does it blindfolded. He does his eyes closed because he, apparently it's referencing the first film when Buzz attempts to fly, he does so with his eyes closed. Oh, interesting. So here's what I was saying before about how he's similar to how Buzz was in the first movie. In both cases, their individual commercials result in a reality check and cause internal strife about who they are. Buzz seeing his commercial makes him realize he's a toy and not a flying toy. And attempting to prove the commercial wrong by flying resulted in him falling down a flight of stairs and having his arm pop off. With Duke, it's implied he never knew that, or he knew from the start he was a toy, but when Rajan tried and failed to get him to jump like in the commercial, he got so upset he threw Duke away on Boxing Day the same day he got him, and this incident wound up scarring Duke for years and instilling an uncertainty of ever making a stunt jump ever again. Keanu said, quote, I like his heart, I like the warmth of his character, I like that he's brave and vulnerable. He likes that he's got this emotional turmoil, this baggage in him, but when it matters, when the chips are on the line, he comes to the rescue. So he likes that balance of the character. And then my favorite trivia, the last little bit of trivia, is apparently when he was shooting Bill and Ted Face the Music, Keanu brought a Duke Kaboom toy to set every day. Oh, I love it. And they would hide the toy for him, and he would find it every day. (laughs) And so Samara Weaving, she said, quote, every day he's looking for Kaboom. (laughs) It'd be awesome if they, like, had it in a shot of Face the Music somewhere. Any other thoughts about Toy Story 4 before we talk about it again in probably a year? To date, it's still the last, it's the most recent Hanks movie, right? So, like, this will be the last. That's true. Yeah, I had a, okay, so I had a great thought this time around because I caught brag no I know I love myself but I know I caught because I caught something because like you know having nieces and nephews and stuff like I watched all of the like 
shorts yeah. and all that kind of stuff over the years. And I noticed that in Bonnie's kindergarten class, there's a lunchbox for the dinosaur toys. I don't know if you saw that short, but like Bonnie goes on a play date and brings her dinosaur. I think it's the Kristen Shaw. Is that her okay, name? Okay, yeah, Kristen Shaw, the Triceratops. Yeah, and the kid who just got for Christmas like this whole universe of dinosaur toys. Okay. And there was a shout out to that in the movie, like an Easter egg. So I was like, dude, we need a Duke Kaboom holiday Boxing Day special cartoon. Also, same thing, like we need a Spider-Man noir our cage club right but it's a thing but that sure, like, the true. toy story does you know and like they've released halloween episodes and christmas episodes on disney and now that they have disney plus why not do like a duke boom fucking series i don't care like i don't know but i'm just saying like it would be perfect to do like a boxing day special starring duke boom being like who are all my friends who stopped by <laughs> all it. the canadian toys you can get toys from around the world that's what you do for Toy Story 4. There's where Woody goes. Five. Five. Woody goes around the world with Bo Peep. Like, Love they it. travel the whole world. I can also see that as a short. Like, I'm talking about the shorts, I yeah. can see that as a 30-minute kind of thing. We are going to cover those on Hanks for the Memories. I think after three, I think, I want to say Kara of Wistful Thinking, Kara Gayla Regan, is on three with us, I think. And I think the next episode we're doing is all of these shorts up to that point. So it's like okay. the Halloween one, I guess the dinosaur one. I think I've seen maybe about half of them, but I got to see, see them again. Yeah. Nice. Um, but for all things Keanu Club, including the five episodes we've done this year and the 80-something we've done in total, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. Let us know what you are looking most forward to. If you're looking forward to Bill and Ted, if you're looking forward to John Wick, if you're looking forward to The Matrix, whatever you're looking forward to, let us know. Mailbag at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time for something at some point right here on Keanu Club. Look who jumped 40 school buses and landed back into my life.